I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey Dale, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Doing good. Glad to have you on the pod just to chat about builder stuff, building things. We love we love building things here. So thanks for sharing with us. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for taking the time out and thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so Dale, let's see. I'll I'll share at least what I know about you and then you can you can correct me or uh fill us in a little bit more. Um so I know that you're you're building Small Age, which is a project in the Treasure ecosystem. It's an NFT project. Um and I'm I don't know if you're the main founder or uh, I know you're doing some like a lot of the communication side of things over on that project. Um but yeah, you've been in Treasure for a little while. It, it looks like a lot of people kind of look up to you in the ecosystem, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, I have no cool. idea why. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, you, you, you've created kidding. a name for yourself. Yeah, um, I, 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 I guess so. It's interesting. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, dude. I mean, I've um, I've kind of been in sales and marketing for a while, and I've led sales teams and had quite a big influence in my in real life job. So I'm not afraid to speak up and and say what's on people's minds. And I think I can Mm -hmm. articulate my thoughts pretty well. So, so people resonate with that and, and it's comforting for them to be able to anchor to somebody who can resonate thoughts that they're thinking pretty well. Yeah, no, that's great. That is important um, to be able to speak clearly and, and say whatever what's on everyone's mind, so then they can relate to you. And uh, yeah, you kind of get to be can be a voice for the community in that way. I think, which is which is needed, uh, which is cool. Um, let's see, taking a step back, because so I've I've done a couple episodes now talking with other treasure builders, uh, but can you explain? Because there may be some people that don't understand it completely, like what treasure is, what this treasure ecosystem is, and how this kind of kind of came together and, and how and how you found it in the first place yeah so um dude i got into nfts in december last year so i was pretty late like i i wasn't around for DeFi summer um i had mm-hmm. put a little bit of money into some into some shit coins and some meme coins like safe moon and floki and one called papa shiba and i got wrecked there last <laughs> summer not a lot like a couple of g's not not a ton of money um but i had a buddy on facebook who was talking about this game wizards and dragons in december it's like wizards and dragons he's like yeah i bought a wizard i minted a wizard i staked it i've been earning gold pieces and and you know i'm getting 12,000 gp a day and they're worth 10 cents so i've sold some of those i've got my money back i've minted some more wizards i'm like what the hell is this so i bought a wizard i staked it i played that game for a little bit if anybody you know knows the story of wizards and dragons um they like soft rugged they're still claiming that they're testing or whatever i don't, I don't really believe them <laughs> um but that is kind of where I met Sonny, who Sonny is a pretty big treasure maxi as well. And Sonny had aped into Wizards and Dragons 
in mid-December, like WND had a bunch of tech issues. They paused the game, blah, blah, blah. I got connected with Sonny in that Discord. Magic was really getting hyped up at the end of December last year and early January. So I did a little mm -hmm. bit of research for a couple days, and then like I ended up aping in. Um, yeah. I ended up aping in, in on like January 1st. I think I bought my first bag of Magic. Honestly, not a great time to buy your first bag of Magic, but I did. Um, and dude, that's kind of how I found the ecosystem, just through Sunny, through Wizards and Dragons. Okay, awesome. I mean, yeah, no one, no one would have known that uh, the market would kind of die down like it is right now. Um, so that's all good. I, I think I found, I probably found Magic maybe two weeks after you then. So I'm, I've, you know, fairly new as well. But yeah, I don't know why that that must have been a time like you're saying when Treasure was kind of like blown up on Twitter or something. Like I think that's how I I found it. I like found myself in the Twitter space with john and the whole like a, a lot of the team like up on the the stage like talking about it and i was just like wow these guys these guys are pretty transparent and they're like pretty cool just like talking about how they're trying to build things and build this ecosystem and i was like wow this is really cool i don't know how i found that though like i just kind of jumped into something and and there was treasure and then i kept hearing about it more and more and so that's when i kind of finally got into it um yeah. Can you explain like what Treasure is, what this whole like ecosystem is built around, and and how it works? Um, I can I can definitely try. Um, <laughs> Treasure is they always say that they're striving to be the Nintendo of the metaverse. Okay, so the way the ecosystem is kind of spread out is the Treasure DAO is really managing, you know the. The tools built within it, some of the games within it, obviously the tokenomics of Magic. So you have the DAO in the middle, and then they have a few different things, right? So they have the Magic, and they control the tokenomics and the emissions around Magic. And Magic is supposed to be the glue that holds the whole ecosystem together. Then there's the Treasure Marketplace, which the Treasure Marketplace is where you can find projects run by the DAO, and also projects that are run by third parties that the DAO is letting list on the marketplace the the two are now three staple projects if you will that are being run by the actual treasure dow are smallverse bridge world and life nft okay so if you think of like you know nintendo right nintendo is a company that builds gaming consoles n64 gamecube wii switch and then they also develop their own games but then there are also third-party gaming developers that can build games that are compatible with the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Okay, So the DAO has built the console, they built some of their own games, and then they've also built a console that is compatible with other third-party builders that want to build within the ecosystem. Um, as of now, there's the Treasure Marketplace. They're building out the Trove Marketplace, which is supposed to be a more generalized marketplace for third-party builders. They're building an AMM, um, which will is you know similar to SushiSwap or Uniswap or any other DeFi AMM. Um, and then they're also like talking about Magic Chain being in the pipeline. So there's quite a few yeah. things in the works, and they're building out a lot of tools to have like a a, a ton of support foundations in the ecosystem um but 
I'd say that's probably the best high level overview that I give. No, yeah, that was that was great. You did a, a great job. I think one of the cool things they're doing is they're kind of like actually like fulfilling kind of the ideas that NFTs were supposed to be generally that, you know, you can build on top of each other. You can anyone, you know, everything's open source. So anyone can um, add value to different NFT collections. And I think on like layer one, for the most part, we see projects that they kind of are just valuable to their own community and to just that like subset, like those NFTs aren't necessarily that valuable outside of it, unless people want to like get into that community and see that as valuable where, you know, treasures making this like ecosystem where the NFTs are valuable in like multiple places, like their, like their treasure NFT, where you could, you know, use it in this game or use it in that game. And it's valuable in multiple thing, things, um, different projects, which makes kind of the whole ecosystem more valuable. Everything's kind of works together, which is really cool to see. Um, I think the cool thing as well is that it creates kind of this space where builders are actually kind of trying to work together where like, you know, you're trying to make the whole like treasure ecosystem better. And, um, you know, we're on like separate teams and stuff, but we're all kind of part of this ecosystem um, that we're trying to kind of lift up and build. And that's, it's just cool to be a part of that, I think, to be a part of building with other builders and things like that. So I'm curious, like, how did you get into being a part of small age? Good question. Um, I got into small age, um, dude, I don't know if you were like that deep into the ecosystem at this time, but like mid January, a ton of new Arbitrum projects started posting, you know, popping up on Twitter, Yeah. especially small derivatives. And at that time, like, dude, like I was still kind of just like an observer, an investor, a community member. I wasn't a builder at all. Um, and I was spending a ton of time like getting into these discords early, grinding for whitelist early, and small obits had popped up. I ended up getting into that discord pretty early. I was like one of the first 2,000 or 3,000 people in there. And I f noticed that Delorvi, who's the founder of the project, didn't have any help on like the moderator side of things. So I started just as a mod in the project. Um, then in like early February, mid February, there was a, a, a big narrative going around in the ecosystem that was like all of these builders that have popped up on Arbitrum, we want to make sure they're legit. We want to make sure they're building something more than just a PFP project that they can earn royalties off of. We want to make sure that they're not forking the community. So that's when we kind of started getting a little more serious about the project because initially it was just supposed to be a PFP project right mm. no game mechanics no native token no multiple mints not a not a big lore around it just a cool pfp um and we realized that we needed to build something bigger and that's kind of when i started thinking through game mechanics and a bigger lore and how can we have this be like a more long-term sustainable project where we're going to be minting multiple generations and all of these generations have different utility within the ecosystem um and it kind of just developed into that and then once we started creating a, a bigger lore and an actual game that had mechanics and a tokenomics schedule, we were like, okay, we need developers. We need Solidity devs. We need front-end devs. We need a community manager to help us with collabs. We need a tokenomics expert to help us with that. Um, and the team has gone from literally just me and Delorvi to now we have like a team of eight and then we have five mods as well. 
Um, so that's kind of that's how I found it, and that's kind of how I got involved with it, and then that's kind of how, I guess, my role has developed over the past couple months. Yeah, that sounds like quite the uh, operation that just kind of sprung out out of nothing there. How, how did you find all those those team members? Just really hustling, man. Um, I found, actually, ironically, like, so a, a few different ways. I searched on Twitter, literally just like Solidity Dev and Front End Dev. I searched that into the search bar of Twitter, and then I started creeping on people's profiles. Yep. That was the first <laughs> one. And then I started DMing them, and I started having conversations with people and getting on calls with people. Then I found like a couple different Discord servers that I've since left, but like one of them was called Rue Troop. One of them was called like Developer DAO. Um, so I did that. Um, I got referred to a couple people. And then in the Small Brains Discord, there's a channel called I Want to Be a Small Dev. And a lot of people post in that, like looking for work. And that's mm-hmm. ironically where I found two of my front end devs, the two front end devs that we have. And then also, dude, the Solidity dev that we ended up hiring and bringing on, one of them I just found in the like DM hunting and sending him a mm-hmm. DM and having a good conversation with him. He ended up not having enough time for the project to commit to it. Um, yeah. But the other guy, actually I was on a Twitter space just talking on stage and this kid hopped on stage and he was like, hey guys, no, none of you know me. I've been looking at the treasure ecosystem for a while. I'm a Solidity dev. I'm still studying in school, but I have an internship this summer at a pretty big reputable Web2 company and I'm looking to get on board with somebody's team as a Solidity dev. And I jumped on him immediately um nice so that's pretty cool dude we 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 moved into the dms and that's how he came on board um and he's been incredible he's drafted all of our contracts and we just actually deploy those contracts onto testnet and then our tokenomics guy actually was introduced to me by that solidity dev i just mentioned Mm -hmm. and community manager i met him through just some people that i know um, and then the mods have kind of just all popped up here and there from within the community and whatnot. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That definitely sounds like you put in the work and the time to find these people and kind of build the team, which is, which is great. That takes, takes work. Um, so are, I'm guessing are all these, these people, team members, are they just getting kind of like equity in in the the project like when like the first mint kind of comes or like are you paying these people now kind of a little bit of both um we raised a little bit of money through some council passes and the council passes have some various perks we have moved to a paid mint so we'll raise a little bit of money that way so i am paying the team some eth up front they're getting paid with mints and also anybody who's like a core team member right now is also getting a percentage of revenue from the project. Okay. okay. So it's a little bit of everything yep. and our, our, our f- payment plan now in terms of like how we're going to compensate the team 
is ideally like this first generation of small age is broken down into four phases so once we launch the first phase it's hopefully going to be smooth sailing with a little bit of maintenance while we're developing the next phase and the idea will be okay every phase that we launch will take a little bit of funds from like our treasury just to pay ourselves while we're maintaining the small percentage of revenue that we get and we'll have a like a you know since we're all getting additional mints right like i think the team in total is getting 400 ish mints which is around six percent of the supply like if we actually play the game and the game does well well then we're going to be getting emissions from our token and there's going to be a vesting schedule of how many of those tokens we can sell so there's a few different ways that we're structuring it um and it's not fully all just salary base it's not fully all just revenue share base it's not fully all just compensation of mints it's a combination of all three yeah no that makes sense that's yeah that's good and informative to know um because yeah i was just curious like how you you know get a, a team together before you know probably you know before you've made much money from the endeavor and like how you how you incentivize everybody and that's you know those are important questions to to answer so that's cool that it sounds like you found a, a path that that works um for the team um so you guys can keep building and keep making cool stuff yep exactly so you talked about how you guys just kind of switched to a paid mint and you made you made a really good post about this um so yeah i was just kind of curious like kind of a little bit the behind the scenes of the thinking through that like you know going from free mint and just so everyone knows like a lot of kind of the the angle that treasure has been on this in the past is that you know projects meant for free and so that then the developers are kind of like incentivized for the long term. They just make money from like royalties or things like that. Uh, but there's there started to be like problems creeping up around that kind of strategy. So I'm just curious to hear like what are your thoughts on on the old way of doing things and kind of where things are going and and how that then got you to the point where you guys decide to have a paid mint. Yeah. Um. Dude, I have a marketing and sales background, right? So I used to work for a internet marketing company that was like really good at marketing stuff, right? And we had some ads that we would run that were all about like, hey, this is how you get your own clients for free, right? And when you promise free stuff, who do you attract? People who want you free shit. People that- yeah (laughs) right like so it's like if everything is all free we're just attracting people who are only there for the free shit and they're not actually bringing any value to the ecosystem right Mm -hmm. and i think that has a place and i think some things should be there to right like giving free samples at costco is a great marketing strategy right because it does end up converting people into buying your product but if it's just all free then nobody's going to end up buying anything and that's what Mm -hmm. we were seeing happening right so it's like at the end of the day money flows where there's value okay and Mm -hmm. the value is coming from things like team community the product that's actually being delivered so at the beginning of the day it's up to the projects to actually deliver something that is of value right and even if something is of value and it is free Ideally, that would mean the prices go up. But I think we just pendulum swung a little too hard on the, hey, we're building 80 projects on Arbitrum and they're all going to be free. 
We just attracted <laughs> a bunch of freeloaders, man. Yep. Um, so it's like, I don't think we should pendulum swing and now everything's going to be paid, but I think we need to find that healthy balance. And even better, we need to focus on actually providing value for people. Mm-hmm. Because people no, yeah. who see the value, if you give value, you will attract valuable people. If you give well, yeah, free stuff, you will attract people who want free stuff. Right. No, I, I totally agree with you. And and if you give value, like people are, are actually going to be able, are willing to pay for it. Because if it's actually valuable, they'll want to pay. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, having something that has a price on it, like that allows you to figure out what's valuable, um, even as a builder, because you can see, oh, people are actually willing to pay for this thing, where if you have something, you're building something that's always free, like it's hard to kind of really know how to make that thing valuable and, and learn from people buying it or not buying it and, and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think you bring up some really good points. I think that's that's a really good uh, way to think about it. Um, so yeah, you announced that, Small age isn't going to be a free mint. Um, did you get any like pushback from that? Like, how did that go? Oh yeah, there's some pushback. Um, but overall, dude, I mean, I would say it was eighty percent positive. That's great. That, um, yeah, that's and I, I think we handled it well. There were some concerns. Like, what we did is we one we before we made the decision, we got advice from trusted advisors people who had already made financial investments through the council passes, people who I knew were treasure maxis from the treasure team themselves. A lot of discussions internally about it. Um, so we like we didn't take the decision lightly and it wasn't just like one day we woke up and we were like, oh, we need to be a paid man, right? So like there was a lot of intention behind it. Then we did a really good job, I thought, drafting the announcement and drafting a very reasonable medium article that was communicated properly and had a lot of logic behind it that led to the change. And the truth mm-hmm. is, when we announced the free mint initially, the scope of the project was literally just going to be a PFP. The yep. project has yep. now developed into a full-blown game with tokenomics and a long-term you know, roadmap that's going to have multiple generations and an emission schedule that lasts five years for a centralized token. So mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It, it changed. And we need yeah. money to fund that. Now, there were some concerns, right? What we did is we, we drafted that. We got feedback on the draft. We implemented that feedback. And then we made the announcement and we opened a dedicated channel for the discussion around the paid mint. Um, there were some concerns within that channel. Um, and I think our team did a good job addressing those concerns. And I think we did probably lose some people who were truly only there for free stuff. But the people who had concerns that brought up those concerns in a productive way that challenged our way of thinking, we addressed those and we had a very healthy, mature conversation with those people. And I think ultimately we converted most of those people who did have the concerns just by replying in a patient way and hearing them out. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Like that sounds like it it went over pretty well. Um, those kind of conversations are, yeah, great conversations to have with the community, help them understand. Um, that's pretty awesome. So what, yep. what are other, what are, oh yeah. Also it, it was kind of funny. You're talking about how the uh, scope is kind of blown up because that's what we've seen with our project too, where it's just like, you had kind of this initial plan of, oh, it's just going to be this simple thing. Um, and then, you know, things just kind of 
grow and grow and grow as you learn more and figure out how to like make your project valuable, uh, which I think is all great. Like it's it, it makes it more of a long term thing that's better for everyone involved. Uh, but it's just funny that you mentioned that because that's definitely how how it's been for us too. Where we I, I we started on our project back in January of last year. And last we were, year, yeah. Oh no, sorry, sorry, not last year. Sorry, twenty twenty two, right? Well, so December of last year, that's what I meant to say. Okay, okay. Um, okay. So we've been working on it like four or five-ish months. And um, originally we were going to launch on layer one. You know, it was just going to be this simple thing. Um, and it's just grown and grown and grown. Like we were expecting to like launch by the end of, or the beginning of February. Um, and we're, we still haven't really launched yet. And so we're still building and it's been great. It's been fun, but it's just funny how the, the scope always kind of blows up with projects and it gets bigger and things just take longer. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, dude, that's, that's business, man. Um, yep. I, I'm not like a huge fan of him, but there's a guy named Grant Cardone who's like a big, like influencer in the business space. I don't, have you ever heard of him? I don't think so. No, it doesn't ring a bell. He's big in like the sales and real estate and internet marketing industries. Um, He's, he's really cringy for some of his stuff, but he does have a pretty popular book that has some good stuff in it. It's called 10X. And the, it's this idea that anything you set out to do in business, if you want it to be great, if you want it to be sustainable, it's always going to take 10X the amount of effort, funding, time than you originally project it will take. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, like, dude, like, it, it, I don't know how many businesses you've had in your past, but like, mm-hmm. I've had some businesses that have failed. I've, you know, had jobs that I thought were going to be easier. It never is as easy as you think it's going to be when you set out to do something. Yeah, um, and I, sure. I think that's why like the, the long-term builders are truly separated because they stick around through the hard times and like, dude, like life yep. just has ebbs and flows and you got to stick through them. Um, and most people, there's a reason why most businesses fail within a year. Yep. Because people aren't yep. willing to fight through the hard times and they underestimate, underestimate how hard it's going to be. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, you know, I think the people that eventually make a successful business that does really well are people that have been doing it for a long time. Like, you know, if you can just persist through the ups and downs, like you're talking about, and, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be on the same project. Like if you're just working on your entrepreneurial journey for, you know, five, 10 years, you're probably going to make something happen. Uh, something good will hopefully, <laughs> will probably come from that. Um, yeah. So I totally agree. So it's, it sounds like you've, you know, you've done some different business stuff in the past. I'm curious to hear like what, what's different about building kind of in the web three NFT space. What, what are like some different new kind of challenges that have come from kind of being in this space? Um, first of all, it's definitely like the most fun I've had in a really <laughs> long time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good to hear. It is a very fast moving industry. It's challenging. Um, it's interesting because you're, you know, meeting and building relationships with people with all different backgrounds and from all different parts of the world. Um, Dude, I, again, like I have a sales and marketing background. I don't have a gaming development background. I don't have an economics background. I don't have a developer background. 
Um, but I do understand that if you surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and have better expertise than you, and you can communicate properly and show up like a leader, then things are going to go well. Um, so that's kind of how I've built the relationship with the team that we have at small age is like, look, like I want you guys to feel empowered to make decisions that are within your own expertise. And I'm always here to support that. And like, I'll grind my ass off building relationships, marketing the project, um, raising as much money as we possibly can to finance these things. You guys just got to be real with me on what's within like the scope of your capabilities. And, and as long as you do that, we're going to be fine. Um, but dude, I think it's just like in terms of the industry as a whole, it's brand new. It's a freaking baby. Um, and I, I truly believe that like if you're building within Web3 right now, you are building within like the Web2 and the dot-com bubble of the late 90s and the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So it's just super, super young, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of ways that the industry can go, a lot of big money that's going to come into the industry over the next 12 to 24 months. Um, yeah. And you just kind of got to be on your toes and like, I don't think the industry moves as fast to where like you got to be working 24 seven, but like it really is kind of hard to unplug for a solid three or four days without missing Mm -hmm. something decent. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah. Things are changing so quickly and the the market's moving so fast in the space. That's, that's definitely true. What about, um, you know, there's kind of a, it's kind of like a new interesting thing with like NFT projects, crypto projects where, it's almost like from day one, you're like a public company that you have, you know, at least, you know, especially when you launch your NFT, like you have investors, you have people that are like putting their time and effort and money into this project. How does, how is that kind of, you know, has that added pressure to just like being a builder and building a project where it's like you have a lot of eyes on what you're doing and they, they care about the decisions you're making? Like, have you felt that pressure at all being different? Oh yeah. Dude, once, once people, you know, give you money out of, you know, just a handshake over the internet when they don't even know your real name and have never seen your face, it gets real. Right. (laughs) Um, and we have an obligation to these investors now to build something real. Um, and, and we totally understand that. Like I like the pressure, right. For Mm -hmm. me, it's like when you have a little bit of pressure, it gives you, what's the word I'm looking for? motivation um yeah motivation uh, it was a different word but motivation is kind of a synonymous to it mm-hmm. it it gives you necessity to actually deliver right yep and i look at some projects that have minted for free either in the treasury ecosystem or dude even projects that have launched on l1 that were cheap mints and ended up rugging, right? Like taking 0.05 ETH from 10,000 people, even though you raised a few million dollars from that, you don't have like a big obligation to any one of them as individuals, but you do have a big obligation to them as a whole. And some people don't take that seriously. When we're selling council passes for half an ETH, like people are throwing a couple grand at us. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, it's not a, it's not a massive investment, but it's not a tiny investment. And we have a moral obligation to, to to deliver for those people. And it gives mm-hmm. us necessity to actually deliver a high quality product that's held to a very high standard. 
Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. I think it's it's definitely some good motives, some good motivation there. Do you find that there's maybe a negative side to it though, where like emotionally it can like I don't know, like like take over your thought process and like you can't you know if it, it gets to a point where you can never like look away or like be able to rest or have a break at at a point like do you feel like any of that um no i mean i went dude i went on vacation last week me and my girlfriend got a cabin in the smoky mountains and we we unplugged for a few days and everything was fine um so like again i think it just comes down to Managing expectations through clear communication and just like being a human who even investors are going to understand that you make mistakes. As long as you don't overpromise and under under deliver, things will go well. Um, so I'm being as clear as we possibly can on what we are going to deliver. I'm getting as much advice and communicating as consistently as clearly with the people who have invested with us and our community. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to win even if there are mistakes, even if there are FUDs, even if there are technical issues, if you communicate clearly like a human and you don't overpromise a bunch of shit that you're not going to deliver on, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, yeah, there is another, like, added level of pressure now, but, dude, I'm not going to let that pressure affect me negatively. Like that, mm-hmm. I, I want that pressure to fuel me to be like, dude, now that we have this money, we actually can build something. And at the end of the day, dude, like from the private investors that we raise money from, we raise like 150 grand. It's not a ton of money compared to mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. what some of these L1 projects are doing. It's enough to light a fire under our ass. It's enough to like keep us incentivized to build, which is all we need. Yep. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing the behind the scenes of all this. Um, yeah, it's cool to see people like yourself building in like kind of a new space and kind of really kind of point in the direction of where things go um, with all this. So it's it's, it's definitely uh, awesome to, to see and awesome to watch and, and learn from what you're doing. So appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's fun and like I know I have a ton to learn. Um, and I'm learning new stuff every day. Um, and I'm really relying on the people around me that I've built good relationships with that I trust. Um, and dude, we're going to keep building and we're going to keep showing up consistently. And I know we're going to make mistakes and I know we're going to mess some things up. And I know some people are going to get mad at us and there's going to be FUD and technical issues. But it's like at the end of the day, like we're, we want to build something real. We are bullish on the treasure ecosystem long-term, however many like short-term mistakes that may be made. Um, and dude, we're, we're looking forward to the future. And like, we, we care a lot. And I think just like caring and being able to be convicted in like how much you care puts you ahead of a lot of people building in this space. So that's who we're trying to be. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, thanks for coming on, and I look forward to talking with you more in the future. I'm sure uh, everyone listening appreciated the uh, things you shared. And I'll, I'll put uh, some links to your projects and where people can find you on Twitter in the show notes so people can look for that. 
Otherwise, I'll talk to everybody in uh, another episode. Cool, man. Dude, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. And if anybody listening wants to uh, find me, my DMs are open on Twitter. My DMs are open on Discord. Pop into our server, say what's up, and I'll see you guys there. Awesome. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, Noah.